It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Sounds like Joe Burrow's rooting for Jesse Bates to get that bag. Plus, he has some interesting self-scouting notes that show some good self-awareness. And James has your observations from the final open OTA practice. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are your Lockdown Bengals hosts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who subscribe and follow all of you who thumbs up, who leave reviews, who leave comments, the interaction is really fun for us. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And right now, you'll get $50 off purchases of $500 or more by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, and that includes engagement purchases. James, plenty to talk about today, and I think it focuses on Joe Burr, who had maybe his most interesting press conference that I can recall uh, in his time as a Cincinnati Bengal covering a wide range of topics, including superhero stuff, Spider-Man, <laughs> Batman, Superman, including Jesse Bates, which is where we're going to start today, including a couple of really interesting notes that he thinks the Bengals offense needs to be better at in 2022. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Plus we have the final open OTA session that you got to observe and We'll chat about what you saw there, but let's start with his comments about Jesse Bates because you pointed this out to me. I didn't hear the full quote when I was listening to the press conference. Apparently, I tuned it out. I heard the first couple sentences Joe said, and then I thought, okay, he's just saying the same thing that everyone said. But when you really read the full quote, it seems like Burrow is closer to Mike Hilton in terms of get Jesse that bag than Zach Taylor, who is a something more... Uh, towing the line like we would like Jesse to be here. He's a really important part of this team, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I'm not going to read the whole quote, but 
He said, Jesse's exactly the kind of player that I think you want to reward for all the work he's done for the last four years through the ups and downs. We weren't very good for three years while he was here. And then he's been through it all. We're hoping that everything works out in his favor. And he talked about how Bates is working really hard and all of these things. Um, And then I asked him how often they talk. And he says he talks to Jesse Bates all the time, that they're going to Vegas together. And that part matters. And it, it led me to, to think back to the 2020 season. And at the end of the 2020 season, Jesse Bates and Joe Burrow, same age. Bates has been in the league longer. But Bates said something on Zoom um, about leadership. And he was like, man, we're just watching Joe. I want to be the Joe Burrow of the defense and in that, that leader. And the very next season, he was a captain. And him and Joe have uh, clearly gravitated toward each other. If you're going to Vegas – with someone most of the time, unless it's a huge trip with a bunch of people uh, you're picking wisely and choosing who you're going with. You don't want to go with someone that uh, you don't necessarily see semi eye to eye with. So I, it's, I think it's fair to say that Joe and Jesse are, are close. And so when the face of the franchise says this stuff and, and talks about how you want to see and that they want to see things work out in Jesse's favor, I think that matters. And at the same time, I think Joe knows that this idea that the Bengals are going to make Bates, and not that anyone really truly believes that, especially our listeners, if they've listened regularly, that they're going to make Bates the highest paid safety in the NFL. I don't think that's what Joe's necessarily saying. I think what he's saying is, man, we hope he gets uh, enough to, to keep his pockets happy and handle the business side because we want to keep him around. And I think that's the hope with a lot of people inside Paul Brown Stadium. And Will they be able to work out a deal? That's that's kind of the lingering thing. But yeah, this is the first time in a while, and Joe's defended Jesse and, and talked about this some, but this is the first time this offseason where he's talked about the contract and talked about wanting Jesse uh, to end up on the right side of things. And when Burrow says that, it does, whether he means to or not, put at least some outside pressure on the front office to get a deal done. Yeah, I think that when it is Joe Burrow with how popular he is, with how he is the face of your franchise and the thing that has brought you out of the Andy Dalton age and back into contention, back to a Super Bowl, it gets more attention. And it's the first thing that I really remember Joe Burrow saying that might be perceived as going a little bit against the front office. And it's not like he's saying like, Katie, just signed the check. But he is saying we're hoping it works out in his favor, which is also a consistent theme. So there's a few things that are interesting about this, right? One is that your franchise quarterback is saying this and Joe Burrow, the coach's son that we've talked about all the time is saying this in such a public forum. And it echoes what we've heard from other players. It echoes what we've heard from guys like Mike Hilton and DJ reader and other leaders on this team. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. If Jesse Bates, playing on the franchise tag, is voted a captain again. You would kind of expect that because I believe the way that the Bengals do it is that they have the players vote. And correct me if I'm wrong there, James, but I believe no, that's they what do. they've done. And yep. so that being the case and the the consistent and unanimously voiced support for Jesse Bates when you hear from Bengals players and Bengals leadership suggests that he would get that captaincy vote Again, I don't know if captaincy is a word. Maybe I made that up. But the, the point is, is that he's still very popular in the, rock, the locker room. There's clear support. And I agree with you, James. So when Joe Burrow says something like, we're hoping it works out in his favor, 
you want to reward the kind of player he is. I think that that does have a very clear undertone. You don't have to read between the lines too hard there. And then they've got this trip to Vegas. And who knows? I was hoping there would be a follow-up question. It's like, is it just you guys or is it a group trip or all the captains going? Maybe something like that is, is going on. Maybe that's the plan. But he, he, he highlighted it. He highlighted that to highlight their closeness and highlight the fact that they're doing this together. And I don't think it's just to convince him to come to training camp. I think there's more to it than that. For sure. Look, Jesse's going to show up at camp. Jesse's going to be on the field week one, barring some kind of injury or something. And obviously you don't want to see that. Um, I'd be floored. Like I, and I've said it time and time again. I just I think he's going to show up for training camp because it'll be mandatory. And who knows? Maybe he would have skipped some mandatory mini camps if they were mandatory. They weren't, um, and it wasn't officially mini camp, so uh, we won't get the answer to that one. But when Joe Burrow uh, wants you to get paid, you, you know, hopefully, the, here, here's the thing. I think the Bengals front office wants to pay Bates. I think Bates wants to be in Cincinnati. I but there's a disconnect. And is it guaranteed money? Is it overall money? I don't know. It might not be overall money. They might be $15 million per. They might be in line there. It might be the guaranteed money. And that's the part. We just don't know where the, the sticking point is. And maybe it's multiple things. Maybe it's guaranteed money and average annual value and all these different things. But uh, that's the thing. Is Joe can help in this area, but he can only help so much. And um, I doubt he would even bring up the money. But a trip to Vegas with Joe Burrow, I do think that it would remind Jesse, like, man, you could play on a team with Joe Burrow for the next four years or go play on a team that has Zach Wilson or go play on a team that has Daniel Jones or go play on a team that has Carson Wentz. You may you might make a little bit of more a little bit more dough, but will you be happier? And I think that that's what this trip could be. Maybe it, it doesn't end up being that. But it might because if heck, I was just in a news conference with Joe Burrow. If I had a chance to, you know, play even on defense with a team that had Joe Burrow at quarterback, you're going to feel pretty damn good about your chances every Sunday. He's a pretty compelling guy, and I, I just keep going back to the fact that he's said this in such a public forum. You you don't want this to be something that Joe Burrow looks back on and sees how the Bengals handled business here or didn't handle business here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that being out in the world matters too. But beyond just Jesse Bates, I thought Joe Burrow had some very interesting comments that suggest that he is aware of some things that we criticized the Bengals offense for at times last year and some things that the Bengals definitely need to be better at in 2022. And to me, it's heartening that he's aware of them and is working on them. We'll get into those coming up next. If you're the Bengals and you're trying to win over Jesse Bates or, well, if you're trying to win your lady over you got to get the blue nile.com right now maybe zach taylor in duke tobin they should go to blue nile.com and just you know get jesse bates something special so he can show up for training camp regardless blue nile.com is gonna have something for you whether you're gonna pop the question or celebrating a big moment anniversary and you're looking for a perfect diamond they're gonna have it for you and they also have online tools that let you choose the diamond shape size clarity as well as setting style and they have jewelry experts on hand 24 7 via chat or phone to help you with your purchase so make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile and 
Locked On Bengals listeners get 50 bucks off any order of $500 or more with promo code Locked On. So go to BlueNile.com right now. Use promo code Locked On. Save. Make her happy. And the best part, let's say it's your wife and you don't want her seeing the BlueNile.com or a big diamond package. Well, every package is discreet. Every package is insured. And it is going to... Uh, be delivered safely to your home. So go to BlueNile.com today and use promo code Locked On to save 50 bucks off your order of $500 or more. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And Joe Burrow had a lot of interesting comments in his press conference on Tuesday. One of them was that Batman is clearly the best superhero, even though he's not really a superhero. He's also a fan of Spider-Man, not a big fan of Superman. Doesn't think Superman is tough enough. Caught him but soft. Caught, caught him, soft. him soft. Straight up. Called him called him soft. And and Joe Burrow knows a thing or two about toughness. Uh, but but to me, two things that really stood out were his discussion about explosive plays when he was asked, do you think that you'll be more explosive this year? And uh, a discussion around short yarded situations. And, and the first one, he was asked about the improvements on the offensive line, the skill players they have, the ex- success they have with explosive plays in 2021. And do they think they're going to be better in that area this year? And instead of really addressing that question, he said that, well, we need to be better against too high. We need to be better when the explosive play isn't there. We need to be more consistent. And if you go mm-hmm. look at Joe Burrow and this offense's passing productivity and passing efficiency against too high looks last year, you can go back to some specific games that gave them trouble as well. There are some things out there that teams are going to be studying for the Super Bowl AFC champion, not Super Bowl champion, AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, and they're going to be looking at the Denver game at the Chargers game, at the Tennessee Titans game, and see what did these defenses do that gave Joe Burrow trouble. There are going to be things in the pressure part of the world, and there are going to be things in the secondary part of the world. And one of the things that has been highlighted by some detractors or those that would like to say that Joe Burrow maybe isn't as good as you would like to think is is that he did have some issues at times against two high looks against Mm -hmm. two high safety looks, trying to keep the ball in front of them, trying to cap the explosive play. And much of the Bengals' offense did come by explosive play. And when that wasn't available to them, sometimes it was a grind. And sometimes it didn't look as pretty. And so when Burrow said, we need to be better in those situations, we need to be better at taking what the defense gives us, we need to be better at being more efficient in those situations, to me that speaks to a guy who we know is very self-aware, but is also aware of one of the things that, really does need to be better for this team to take a step is to be more consistent on offense and not as, as lovely as it is. And as fantastic as it is for Jamar chase to catch those touchdowns, 50 plus yards going into halftime, there needs to be more consistency to be more reliable in those situations. Because when those touchdowns don't happen, then the games get a lot harder to win. For sure. I mean, that's, that's the biggest gripe. I mean, their offense wasn't elite last year. It wasn't. They struggled to score early against Detroit. 
I remember thinking a quarter in, remember the slow starts they would get off to? And it's just like, what is going on? And it was just, it, it didn't matter if it was good team, bad team. Some of these teams would just uh, find a, a way to uh, either pressure Burrow or, or do whatever they could to, to slow things down. And then Jamar was like back to back to back to back games uh, would have a touchdown. And right before I'm about to write my halftime report, halftime news update where it's like, man, the Bengals offense was awful. Well, they just threw seven on the board and it doesn't look as awful because they have 13 total points and they did, had to settle for field goals. Right. And that, so uh, that's the, the part of it where, yeah, they need to be more efficient. And I like that Joe can analyze these things. And to me, he's honest with himself when it comes to being critical last year, it was the deep ball, right? He never struggled with the deep ball in college. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of players, if they came in to, as a, a rookie, they would have been like, I never struggled with that. That's going to be fine. How'd Joe look at it? He was like, oh, no, no, no. I have to be way better at the deep ball. What does he do? He leads the, the NFL in yards per attempt next year or last year uh, coming off of that ACL. And so this year, I don't think there's a clear one focus, but the fact that he mentioned the too high stuff clearly focused. I think the other thing um, th- that he was clear and, ma- and made uh, very – very obvious, not just in, in this news conference on Tuesday, but uh, a couple of weeks ago when he talked, he's focused on improving like his overall game now in all of these little things that he wants to clean up, the too high stuff. I'm sure uh, that he, he wants to be even more dynamic, even more athletic. I have a number that I want to give you uh, that, that he ran today uh, as well. But all of these different things, he's worried about being a 0.1% better of an athlete and uh, 3% better against too high and X percent better. And if you do all of those things, he was already great. So if you do all those things, man, with a better offensive line, he has a chance to be the best quarterback in football. And I think he knows that. He might not say that, but I think he knows that. And that's why he's uh, able to do all this self-scouting and, and really look at what he wants to improve on and, and acknowledge, acknowledge and be honest with himself about the stuff he needs to fix. Yeah, we know he's such a great processor. We know he's so accurate with the football. If he can just level up in these areas and become more efficient in the places where he saw that lack of efficiency last year, that is the next step for Joe Burrow. And the other big part of that, of course, is having an offensive line that will keep him upright and under less pressure. And, and that Impact, of course, can't be overstated. The other interesting tidbit here, while I think defenses will try to play some copycat ball and we'll see generally the NFL pendulum swinging back toward more too high, according to Joe Goodberry, the Bengals are scheduled to see the most middle of field close or single high looks in, in 2022. So that is an interesting note uh, that, that I hadn't noticed when I looked ahead of the schedule. They're playing a lot of defensive coordinators that like to play single high. And so we'll see how those trends stand up against Joe Burrow with the general tendency of the NFL this year. The other thing that really stood out was the short yardage comments. He recognized that they need to be better in short yardage situations, recognized they were one of the worst at it last year. And I think that translates to the red zone at times as well. The red zone started out well, liked what they were doing early in the year, and then they had some up and down issues. It was a bit of a roller coaster in the red zone. So when he also has that awareness – I'm sure that's something that is not just Burrow, right? Both of these things. I think this is something shared with Zach Taylor, with Brian Callahan, with the entire offense. But I like that these are the focuses, right? Because Mm -hmm. they were really good at a few things last year. 
And a lot of that had to do with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. But finding the ways where they need to get better and finding the right things and being aware of them is the first step. And so I found both of those answers and and bits of self-awareness to be really impressive from Joe Burrow on Tuesday. If you're more efficient, you're going to have more third and shorts. If you're going to have third and shorts, you got to convert them. And you're right. They could not convert them last year. It was a thorn in their side all year long. I would say most of them, not all of them, most of them is on the offensive line. They couldn't push anybody, anybody when they needed to. Like when everybody knew that it was third and one and they had to get a push, there was zero push. It was it was knockbacks, all right? It was uh, me picking you up from CVG Airport going to knock back Nats and throwing back a bunch of wings. I mean, it was ridiculous. So uh, that's the part of it. But yeah, I think a lot of that's the offensive line. Um, but just real quick, the number I wanted to mention to you, and shout out to Ben Baby for filling me in on the details because I wasn't out there for all of this part because I was getting ready for Joe Burrow's news conference. So he was running after practice, and he ran the fastest he's run since uh, his ACL injury. He was clocked at 20.8 miles per hour. Now, according to Ben, Sam Hubbard told Joe that he only ran 19.7 miles per hour, as in Sam ran that. So – Joe Burrow <laughs> might be running a whole mile faster right now at top speed, of course, than, than Sam. So uh, that's good to see. No brace, by the way. That other note, he uh, he doubled down again today. I asked him about it. Doesn't plan on wearing the brace. We'll see if that changes. Um, but, yeah, nearly 21 MPH for yeah, Mr. What, Joe Burrow. What was the exact number? 20.8. 20.8. So last year, according to Next Gen Stats and a quick Google, this was as of September. So this is not the full season, but early in the season, 20.8 would have tied David Montgomery for the fifth fastest ball carrier in the NFL. Ahead of him would be guys like Melvin Gordon, who apparently hit 21 and a half, Sammy Watkins, 21, Devin Duvernay, 21. And I don't have the end of season list, unfortunately. Tyreek Hill hit 22.13 miles per hour, apparently, in 2021. But it's still fast for Joe Burrow. So good for him. That That's a, that's a really no pads, yeah, No pads, course. but still, still flying. No pads in the summer. No wear and tear yet on that body. But you, you like to hear that that athleticism is there because we never got to see the 40. And it's not like we get to see him show up on these next-gen stats leaderboards a ton. So that's that's a fun one. More observations from the final OTA practice. Coming up to wrap up our show as the Bengals wrap up their offseason program, at least the part that's open to the media. We'll finish there coming up next. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm stretching a little bit because now that 20.8 is the number, uh, I might have to have a built bar and try to see if I can run 21.8. And I'm not saying I can run faster than Joe Burrow, but I'm not saying I can't. And built bar is a big reason why. The number one protein bar on the planet, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. And you know what just arrived at the Rapine household today? Mud Pie Built Bar. Are you not sure what mud pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, sit down, relax, and understand that mud pie is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. You got to try them right now. They only have eight grams of sugar, 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. So try the number one protein bar on the planet right now at built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, final open OTA practice. Uh, one notable absence that I think is different from what we've seen throughout the OTA period. Cam Taylor Britt had an excused absence on Tuesday, according to Zach Taylor. The other injury updates are essentially status quo. The guys that have some minor issues are either expected back for training camp or Zach Taylor's optimistic that they'll be ready to go soon. And so training camp will be happening sometime in late June, five, six weeks away. Sorry, late, late July, July. Uh, five or six weeks away. And so these guys do have a chance to get healthy here and get back to Cincinnati. But what else did you see, James, in the final day of open OTA practices? Well, since his core muscle injury, we saw Alex Kappa do a little bit of work. Now, not a ton, but some footwork drills, foot footwork drills galore. And uh, he was going through it and it was hot on the field. I mean, it was that's the other thing. Joe Burrow running 21 miles an hour. He went through that whole practice first and it was hot. So uh, that is mighty impressive. But Alex Kappa certainly looking like honestly, he could have practiced today. If you can do like footwork drills, you could go through a lot of what um, the, the Bengals did today, but you, you don't want to risk it. And I think that's it. They're playing it safe more than anything uh, with their, you know, high priced right guard. Uh, the other thing, since we're on offensive line, Frank Pollock, we've heard how intense he is and stuff. Some clips of this dude that, and I was able to get some of them. Maybe we'll mix them in at some point or something, or find a way to, to mix them in, play the audio or something. This dude was dropping f bombs, he was pushing these dudes, not pushing physically, but really pushing them hard in uh, the heat. He was not Mr. Nice Guys, do it again, do it again. He brought up how. His, his dad made him quit basketball in the sixth grade because he failed English. I, and I don't even know why he brought that up, but he brought that up and there was a, a few curse words in there. But Frank Pollock was pushing these guys from Jackson Carmen all the way down to, you know, Ben Brown and, and Trey Hill and guys that are just trying to make the roster. So um, that was another takeaway. T. Higgins ran today and they were monitoring him. He, he had the catapult monitor on as well uh so he was doing a bunch of sprints and stuff with logan wilson um trenton Irwin as well trenton Irwin looks fast by the way he wasn't participating in any of these otas but uh was running so yeah uh those are a couple of the things um but one thing i i messaged you was the wide receiver four and the Bengals, of course, you know them. They threw it through a curveball to me and i did not move up in the box and i, I swung and missed but uh, Stanley Morgan, you he was working in with the fours or with the ones as wide receiver four. And it's like, oh, maybe he's going to be wide receiver four. With Higgins out, he's obviously the third guy And uh, for about half practice. And then by the end, when it was seven on sevens, I had seen Mike Thomas, Stanley Morgan, Kwame Lassiter, the undrafted free agent out of Kansas. And then after practice, Zach Taylor goes on to say, none of these competitions are – uh, are even remotely closed. And the fact that Kwame Lasseter, number 18, by the way, 
uh, was getting some run with the ones. I, I do think that that is pretty noteworthy. Yeah. And you also mentioned Thaddeus Moss getting some reps with Joe Burrow. So a couple of guys there. He, he might be t- getting some chances. Might be tight end three. He really might. I, I have a, a clip of um, Moss catching a seam, perfect seam ball from Joe Burrow and uh, looked really good doing it. So I know I know some of our, our listeners are going to be excited to hear that. For all of his athletic limitations on paper, Joe Burrow and Thaddeus Moss do seem to have a connection that goes back to their time at LSU and seems to have followed them to Cincinnati a little bit. But uh, more interesting, perhaps, is the wide receiver stuff. Kwame Lasseter getting a look is is with Joe Burrow at quarterback is, I think, noteworthy, at least as far as it puts him in, in standing with the rest of the undrafted free agent wide receivers, of which there are several in the OTA program and will be a training mm-hmm. camp for the Bengals. But yeah, when you were talking about this, exactly the quote that, that you brought up popped into my head, which was Zach Taylor saying, this is the warm up to the competition. Yep. The competition happens in training camp when we see, when we'll get a feel for, can these guys bring the consistency that we need in these full practice schedules against other teams in full practices that aren't just walkthroughs and seven on sevens and low intensity, relatively speaking, uh, in training camp because it will take another step up in training camp as even though they've ramped up to the highest level of OTA activity uh, and Zach Taylor, I think generally is more on the Sean McVay scale for intensity of practices, not, not practicing, but certainly not the Marvin Lewis two a days from the good old days at Georgetown. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how these competitions shake out. And, and my first question, when you told me that, that Thad Moss was getting reps with the ones was, mm-hmm. well, it's Mitchell Wilcox practicing and he is. So it's not like Wilcox just had to miss a day and that's that pushed Thad Moss up. It was, it was an actual potential opportunity for Thaddeus Moss to get some work in with Joe Burrow. Yep, it was. And it looked like he took full advantage, at least where I was sitting. Uh, a couple other notes, Puka Williams was working on punt returns, still uh, bobbled one of his returns, uh, didn't drop it, didn't fumble it. But, but did bobble it, so that uh, certainly worth noting. Um, to me, by the way, as far as special teams gate goes, if I had to release a locked on Bengals slash bet online official odds, long snapper Clark Harris, heavy favorite. Not that Cal Adamitis has done anything wrong, but neither has Clark Harris, and he's done it for hell. It feels like as long as I've been alive, certainly longer than I've been covering the Bengals. Um, so I, I think he's the favorite there, and. Uh, to me, from a punning standpoint, Drew Christman hasn't shown me anything again during these open practices that leads me to believe that he's like far and away better than Kevin Huber. And we know Kevin Huber is a better holder for field goals. So as of now, and again, the competition, it's just a warm up, like Zach said, but as of now in warm ups, the veterans, they, they look like they're the ones that are going to win the game. It, the, the the buzzer hasn't even styled it, right? There hasn't been a, a tip-off or the opening coin toss, nothing like that. But uh, I would uh, lean towards the veterans if I had to, to choose today. Why do we know that Kevin Huber is a better holder? Is that something that Darren – like Darren Simmons has certainly emphasized the importance of holding. Is, is the implication then that, that he feels more comfortable with Kevin Huber as a holder? When's the last time you've seen Kevin Huber mess up a hold? Sure. I, I, I don't think I have. And okay. he has a lot more experience. And, and maybe that's as simple as, as maybe that's the answer, as simple as it is. Well, 
basically, right? So Kevin has really never messed up. Is is as close to a perfect holder as you can have. And Drew Chrisman, he's done it, mm-hmm. but that's an area that Darren Simmons has talked about him needing to right. improve and grow in. So there you go. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see those guys try to get through to the practice squad. Although, you know, as soon as a long snapper gets hurt somewhere, maybe Cal Adamitis is a first call for some other NFL teams, as he was the consensus highest rated long snapper in this class. And at some point, Kevin Huber will, or not Kevin, yeah, well, Kevin Huber and Clark Harris will retire. Plus, you have the whole ongoing halftime show drama from back at the Super yeah. Bowl that apparently Darren Simmons is still not quite all the way over, yeah. but you know, it sounds like he has a li- at least a little bit of a sense of humor about it at this point. Yeah. It's that's not going to come in in Darren may say otherwise, but I honestly, I don't care. It's not going to matter. That can't impact. Shouldn't who, who they decide. And I don't think it will, Yeah, but it, it, you know, it's not like he's Drew Crispin was here long before that they decided to, you know, worry about right. that. And I think Cal Adamitis, they would have brought him in potentially. I mean, he's the best long snapper in the country. They would have probably brought him in regardless. Why not look at him? Clark Harris is older. And, and so but they had not- to sell him on coming to the Bengals with Clark Harris on the Bengals. That's the interesting part to me is they had to convince him that this was his best opportunity as the most, as a consensus highest rated long snapper in the draft. Sure. And what I would say is that might be as simple as Darren Simmons is one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL. You look at um, Austin Seibert last year. He didn't make it out of camp, but guess what? He ended up on a roster Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago with Jake Elliott, what he did for Randy Bullock. I know it's not long snapper, but there isn't many long snappers that have come through town. It's been Clark Harris and Clark Harris alone. So I, I think that would be how I would sell him on it if I had to, of course. Got to sell him on the opportunity too, at least a little bit. Tell him, hey, you have a chance here. Well, yeah, come maybe, compete. Maybe Clark sure. Harris isn't coming out of it. Maybe he's going to retire. I think he has he a chance, by the way. 50. I think they both have a chance. I just, I think right now the odds are pretty low. Yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The Bengals have wrapped up their OTA period. And so we transition to full offseason mode. Nothing going to be happening in terms of players doing any work in open practices, at least at Paul Brown Stadium until training camp. Sounds like Joe Burrow is going to try to get together with some guys while he stays mostly in Cincinnati between now and camp, as well as Zach Taylor. But we will have some guests coming up next week. For example, we've got Matt Harmon coming to talk about the Bengals trio of wide receivers. And we've been trying to get Nate Tice scheduled for quite some time. And hopefully we'll have that one coming your way soon as well. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. If you need more after the Lockdown Bengals podcast first listen, go check out Lockdown NFL. You might hear James Rapine talking about things going on around the league. Until next time, Bengals fans, Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.